Welcome, welcome to yet another episode of Launch Bite. I am your host, Chris Chai, and with me is my regular co-host, Brian Lee. Hello! This is a podcast where we talk about entrepreneurship in Singapore and other random things that interest us. So today's uh, sort of a reunion show because we haven't done a show in a really long time. Yeah. Right? right? Yes, yes, yes. All right, Super so, long time. Yeah, we can start off with like, you know, how you've been. Uh, I'm good. So recently, for me, we uh we just launched a Indiegogo campaign. Yay! Uh, yes. So right now, uh, reaching twenty percent, being funded. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the preparation for crowdfunding takes a long time. It's not that easy. It seems. Yeah. It's like yeah, of, course. Yeah, of course. There are a lot of things to take note, but um. Uh, we can go into the late, uh, details in a uh, future episode. Uh. But uh, this week, uh, busy with the crowdfunding campaign and getting more momentum and coverage from the media. Yeah, so how about I've, been, yeah? I've been seeing the covered as seen in like Let's Grow. Day yeah, day. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's like one whole page. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's very long. Good stuff, Ryan. Mm. How about you? Uh, how about me? So... Uh, we've kind of come to the stage where we've started sales and uh, mm-hmm. the company's doing okay. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that, okay, we're still trying to figure out what is it our customers like and don't like about mm-hmm. the product and mm-hmm. we're improving it. But things look good. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we are starting to look to expansion in Malaysia. Mm. Um, of course, Singapore has some issues with their grants and stuff, which I will bitch about in another episode next time. But, yes. hey, you know, uh, that's the life of an entrepreneur, right? You have to, like, watch out for the waves and mm-hmm. try and guide your ship through them. So, yeah. But uh, I, I read the news about the uh, the seed funding that you all got. Oh, yeah. Maybe you'd like to share about Farnell. Uh, what do, how does it exactly work for their... Yeah, so Funnel is a very interesting and great, like, they're great guys to work with. So the entire concept of Funnel is almost like crowdfunding investment. Uh-huh. But when they mean crowdfunding, they actually gather a whole group of different investors and put your uh, pitch in front of them as a teaser. Oh. And then from there, when people are interested in your idea, then they'll start to connect you. Okay. So it kind of skips the whole step of you trying to go and network with people. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really great way to meet people who might be in line with what you want as um, in terms of like your idea, mm-hmm. your company vision. Uh, because you kind of skip the whole like courting and hey, you know, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. They ha- already have an idea mm-hmm. and they're already interested from the get-go and they already know your background. Mm-hmm. So it really speeds up the process and it makes it much easier to meet the right people. These are not necessary angels, angels, right? They are private investors coming to the platform. Yeah, it's, it's a like anyone, and anyone, it's like, it, it could be my mom who is uh, who is on spare cash, but she's in line, she really thinks that mm. like, uh, POI system or rather API system is the way to go. She can also contribute to the platform. Is it yeah. this case? Yeah. Okay. So um, currently, I think they're kind of focused on the private investors yeah, and the VCs. High. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so okay. Uh, they, it's pretty interesting because they look at what people in the industries as well. Mm-hmm. So it gives you access to a lot more than what you regularly see at startup events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, they're definitely expanding out. Um, definitely trying to build up the platform as a whole uh, to make it more accessible to both startups as well as investors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you're looking for funding, if you're looking for help in like figuring out how to do your next round, definitely you should talk to those guys. Final? Yeah. Oh yeah, they should also sponsor the show. I know. <laughs> uh, 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 yes, you should. Come. <laughs> uh, come. Okay. So um just any any interesting articles you read recently? Um well 
Yeah, actually, um, I've been recently listening to a podcast. I think I shared with you yes. called Startup for the Rest of Us, mm-hmm. and I've been going through all their content, like mm-hmm. uh, trying to get all the way back to the start of their show because they are about two hundred episodes in. Two hundred eighty-five. Right? Eh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's really good. Like it's really interesting, and it's very much in line with like what we've been thinking and what we've been doing. Yes, and a lot of the lessons that they kind of talk about. Uh, and they share, uh, and the mistakes they've made are things that I can completely relate with. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's one of the cool um, things I've been watching, reading, listening to recently. Okay, you, Brian? Oh, so for me, I've been reading a lot of medium, medium articles. Yeah. Uh, also, by been writing a lot over there. Mm. Uh, one one of the things that uh, I think this can also be an episode alone, but I just want to touch on is uh. Uh, some people, they are or rather startups or companies, individuals, they are starting to write their blogs on platform, platform like Medium or for example, like WordPress and all. Uh-huh. But WordPress, you can self-host. Uh, one of the key problems right now, a lot of people are saying that, hey, if I want to move away, can I move away? Or uh, another example would be, if I write something wrong, will you shut me down? So a typical example right now is Facebook page. Okay. So Facebook page, if you you can be growing a lot of users, like two hundred Facebook fans, right, two hundred thousand right. Facebook fans. Right. There's this company, right? Yeah. But they posted some, um, you know, uh, not safe for work stuff. Then, uh-huh. uh, Facebook the Facebook page got took down, and it never came back. Right. So and it was Facebook, artwork, right? I yeah. Think, so it, and yeah. you, uh, you spend many many years to build up all the flowing. So. Mm. And yet, in the end, because you are on someone's platform, because you did something that was not uh, according to their platform's uh, terms or services, uh-huh. yeah, they yeah. just took you down. Yeah. So people will... The articles I read on Medium were like, hey, should I be here? If I write something that is uh, not right to your mm. under your system platform, mm-hmm. right? Will you bring me down? Then will, will I be wasting my effort and all? Yeah, no, that's entirely true. And I think um, when you make use of a platform, you have to understand what kind of direction and what kind of policies they have. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, especially for new platforms, you never know until some incident comes up. Yes. And um, I think, I think, like you said, in the case of Facebook, they've always been kind of clear about where their stance is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there has never really been uh, much censorship. Correct. or such overt censorship in their space and their content. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the first few cases where it's really like they are specifically saying like, okay, no, this content is not uh, okay to be on our platform. And yeah, the first person will suffer. But if you're one of those people uh, who deals with this kind of content, who has um, maybe political or mm-hmm. maybe controversial views, um, then you're, you're, it's on you to kind of um, build your following and get them to follow you off of the platforms so mm. you don't be dependent on these de- platforms. Correct. So yeah. one of the key trends right now everyone talking about is uh, email marketing or building the email list that mm. uh, they are talking about. Right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's that. And um, ultimately, when you have a big enough following, right, and you tell them, hey, you know, uh, we are going to move all our content off to our own site and mm-hmm. please come here to check for the latest news, right, they will come. Mm-hmm. And Facebook just serves as a way for you to reach out to... Uh, as big an audience as possible. But yes. once those audience have loyalty to you, mm-hmm. they're going to follow you wherever you go. Mm-hmm. So yeah, try. There's a lot of open source things out there that can help support uh, whatever content you're putting out there, be it video, audio, text is the easiest. So yeah, it's not hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, so I think we can drive down into our main topic. Just to share with the listeners, so uh, our, our, this is our, kind of like our structure, right? So it will be letting you know what we have been up to, followed by one of the one or two interesting articles or mm. podcasts we have been listening. And we dive down to uh, one or two key main topics that we think uh, fellow entrepreneurs, um, business owners, they will be interested in. And uh, we will do some sharing on our own as well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I think the topic for this week is going to be about our teams and your first hires, mm. if we have a little bit of time. So, uh, Brian, what are your thoughts about, you know, um, leading your own team, about how do you keep them motivated and, mm. you know, united? I, I So for me, I always... Uh, been thinking in my mind. Mm. So if I uh, am super, super successful and I have uh, 60, 70 employees, how do I keep them unite or together? Mm. Okay, so my team right now is quite small, about eight, right? Right, right. Uh, so eight, I treat them like uh, friends, we treat them like, uh, of course, team members. Uh, it's to me, it's like sports because I was from Dragon Ball, right? So yeah. it's like it's like sports. So we do stuff together. We build stuff together. That's for work. Mm-hmm. We do stuff together. Then we go for runs and weekend. We we meet, uh, we go for activities together. Mm-hmm. I see this as like team bonding and getting everyone together itself. That's one of my not strategies, but that's how I I do this kind of thing. Yeah, for uh, sure. But if I have like. Five five hundred employees. If I'm Microsoft, how is that that guy going to yeah. build the team? No, I think that's pretty different. Like yeah. the, having that kind of big uh, company culture, you will end up having little groups forming. Mm. But mm. as long as people feel like they are included, uh-huh. I think it's always uh, it's always it's always something that you can encourage. Mm. Um, team level bonding. Mm. Um, and also by the time you get to that size, right, you have different departments, different teams. Yeah. So. As long as the bond is strong within the team itself, I mm. think overall it's it's manageable. Yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. besides the activities that I do together, mm-hmm. uh, another uh, way uh, that I think I believe that uh, I'm what I'm trying to do is to get the uh, conversation clear or the direction clear. So when we do things together as one, there's also uh, you can see us unite together. It's kind mm. of like Dragon Ball. If you have a uh, the end point, the finishing point is the same. Everyone comes together and everyone rolls the boat together in yeah. that direction. Yep, yep. You can feel that the team spirit is all there. That's how I see and how I do it. Yeah, uh. but that's kind of tricky in a startup, right? Especially one as early stage as us. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes direction might change or not necessarily direction might change, but the business strategy might change. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you go from the left to right instead of the le- right to left kind yep. of way. Uh, and that's where communication comes into play. Yeah, needs to be sure. very clear uh, why we need to change because mm-hmm. the market changed, because something else happened. Yeah. Uh, and we need to make sure that everyone on the team member understand. Of course, uh, there'll be times where people don't understand and we just need to sit down, you know, have more one-to-ones. Do you have one-to-ones? Um, not really, but I do tend to do like small groups and we hang out, we have dinner and then we talk about the things that we're doing. Uh-huh. But so far, not really a one-to-one thing. Yeah. Okay. So then how do, how do you keep your team united? Because um, your team also grown. Yeah. So we're at a team size of about eight as well at this point. Um, for the most part, it's 
being really clear about um, our direction and where is it that we're going. So I'm not sure if you noticed, but we have regular team meetings mm-hmm. on Fridays uh, mm-hmm. where everyone keeps everyone else updated because sales is honestly quite separated from product mm-hmm. at this point because they're out there all the time. But I wanted a place where everyone really could come together and, you know, like, hey, you know, we're all working towards this mm-hmm. goal. Um, how can you help me? How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Um, am I doing this right? Stuff like that. So as long as there's always constant communication and everyone knows that everyone's putting in like the 100% into getting this out there, then yeah, it's, it's, it's encouraging for mm. everyone else as well. And for me, especially. Yeah, so yeah, that's I, I, I try to do this. So mm. uh, I have a, a short brief with yeah. the product team mm-hmm. um, every Monday. I have a short brief with the sales team every Wednesday. Mm. But I have a overall team meeting, right? Mm. Not every week, but every two weeks. Right, right. Uh, because I see it as a sometimes when too much people comes together, seems like uh, a lot of talking and uh, doesn't go anywhere during the the, the meeting. Mm. That, that's how I see it. Uh. Yeah, but the, yeah. the, the objective of the gathering itself yeah. is pretty much like yours, is to make sure that the dev team knows what the sales team needs, the sales team knows the constraint of the dev team and right, how right. the resources are being split. Yeah. Uh, that's why I, instead of every week, I do it mm-hmm. uh, every two weeks. But the small individual team that itself mm-hmm. is every week. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Because mm. as long as there's this um, constant... Uh, updating especially as a founder as someone who's leading the team right Mm -hmm. you of all people need to be completely up to date of uh, what everyone else is doing or what they're struggling with Mm -hmm. and from there you can kind of like see okay there's this concern over here how can we address it Mm -hmm. and once you've gotten an idea of how you address it the next time that you meet you can come back and like okay hey uh, we got a solution to this problem let's try this out yeah Mm. and um the biggest problem i saw i think with some of the teams that i worked with a long time ago was if we don't see a problem coming up mm-hmm. uh, fast enough and we don't communicate this to everyone else, mm-hmm. when it actually becomes like a huge problem and you need to deal with it at that point of time, right? Mm-hmm. Then morale will go down because suddenly you're like just rushing to f- fix fires and firefight oh, yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, so that's the kind of thing where, uh, you know, having this having this platform to really just air all your concerns or air yes, your things yes. is... It's really critical, especially in a team size that's growing mm-hmm. and you have more people doing more things mm. uh, and not just... I know at some point for a lot of you, it's like, um, I'm doing everything, so I know everything that's happening on all fronts. Mm. And then suddenly to delegate all of this and you suddenly realize, okay, some people don't have all the information that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, it took me a little while to learn this as well and took me a little while to figure out how to communicate this without taking too much time. And oh. once you hit that, how once you hit that point, then things move a lot smoother. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so with regards to this point, right? Uh, I think I learned it, but it took some time to learn it. Uh, so right now in, uh, uh, so for example, Trello updates or even sending email, right? I try, I try to write um, uh, why. Like mm-hmm. for example, okay, so uh, hey, uh, hey, can you help me with this? Because we need this feature. I try to list down at least two why. Also, mm. why we need this feature yeah. uh, and why is this uh, feature important. Yeah. Uh, it, it gives them, uh, it lets the, the person know why you need this. Mm. Also, uh, mm. It also mm. lets them to have a better picture of the constraint that you have. 
And with that, they might sometimes they might even offer better suggestions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If they know the reasoning behind it, yes, and yes, based yes. on their experience and stuff, they could give you a better solution than what you yeah, proposed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because when 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 we started off, we have all the information, like you said, right? So when mm. you try to delegate off, you keep thinking that hey, this person should know what you know, but yeah. actually they don't know what you know. Yeah, exactly, because yeah. yeah. they weren't at the meeting. They yeah. weren't the one listening to their clients or correct. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think com- it's still round now to communication. I believe correct. that uh, besides doing activities together, like you having uh, small lunches, or, or in my case, we'll be going for sports activities together. Mm-hmm. Communication with clear communication, it also helps to. Uh, unite the team yes. because everyone knows which direction they are walking towards too yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. yeah actually talking about the direction thing right as a team leader mm. um, what are the things that you know you kind of do or don't do um, I mean I wouldn't say that it's a bad thing to hold certain information off um, mm. but what? how do you find that balance yeah. or oh, how do I find that balance uh? yeah uh because, I mean, right. of course, as founders, you know, when you're out there and you're talking to investors and then there's a lot of pressure sometimes mm-hmm. um, or there are uh, certain things that um, people want you to do or you think that need to be done, but you don't want to overstress the team mm. uh, until the time is right, right? Mm. So how do you kind of figure out, like, um, what's the right thing to say and what's the right thing not to? Okay, so... In uh in the past, I also had this problem, so I try to withhold some information. Mm. But right now, I'm using that strategy that I told you earlier. Mm. I just list down all my constraint mm. as a founder, so my constraint. So okay, investors A says that hey, A B C D needs to be hit, right? Uh, and I'll just tell them why we need this feature because investors say that A B C D needs to be hit. Then everyone comes together because I think that if I we hold information, mm. it will just, it's like telling a lie and a lie cover another lie and cover another lie, it will never end. That's how okay. I see it. So I try okay. to put a lot of why. Mm. I explain. But if the team deems that, hey, it's not possible for ABCD to be done, right. then I will express the same thing back to the investors. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think that's, I think it's uh, that's one of the strategy. Uh, there are many ways to do it. That's how yeah. I'm handling it now, right now, in this situation. Mm-hmm. And of course, there are still some little information that is still being we help, but the main bulk mm-hmm. that helps to make the decisions, yeah, the reasoning are all out there. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So to me it's a lot of things where um because as a founder or someone who is managing many different parts of it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh there are a lot of um of course, worries. There are a lot mm. of things that you need to watch out for and a lot of things that you kind of need to shoulder. Mm. And uh, sometimes I feel like I'm shouldering too much or I'm withholding too much. But at the same time, I start to realize, uh, you know, sharing a lot of the information is, uh, one, it's irrelevant to uh, getting things done for the team. And mm, two, true. sometimes it is, um, it just gives more concerns because they also don't have a wider picture of like how this can be solved um, by some other thing. And um, to me, a lot of the problems sometimes don't immediately have a solution. Mm-hmm. And it's a matter of time for you to kind of figure out how to solve it. Mm. Uh, at the same time, if you talk about a problem before you really have a solution, then it starts to create worry and it starts to bring morale down, mm. stuff like that. So to me, there is a little bit of uh, information that sometimes I don't share until it's the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's always the intention that I want everyone to be uh, up to date with things that are critical Mm-mm-mm. essentially for what's happening at that point of time yeah Ooh, okay yeah 
And of course, like, I'm sure, you know, as a startup founder, you have worries. Mm. You have uh, things that you're, you're like, oh, you know, what if this doesn't work out? What if the things, what's the backup plan? And at the same time, you also want to give uh, what you're doing 100%, right? Mm. So how do you maintain that, okay, I need to have the, all these backup plans, but guys, let's go. <laughs> right it's a it's a bit it's a bit schizophrenic mm. a lot of the times and yeah that's the tough part about being like a good team leader mm. yeah uh sometimes it's really up to discretion uh, at that point of time the circumstances the yeah. the condition yeah. yeah um but i think overall communication uh, plays a big part Mm-mm. i used to make very bad communication then uh, things doesn't turn out as the way it wants yeah i think oh. so yeah I think it's something that you don't really realize until you're in the thick of it, until yeah. you make those mistakes. And um, yeah, I've, all of us have made those mistakes. It's, mm. it's, it's actually quite a painful lesson. But then once you learn it and then once you know how to um, manage this communication or even mm. if you hear other people, you start to see like, hey, you know, transparency is actually a really good policy. Yes. And having everyone, everyone's on your side. The people who have joined your team are people who are committed mm. to seeing your... Uh, company succeed mm. and especially for people who have joined you this early mm. and there's no guarantee that the company will survive mm. these are people who will see the vision through mm. and once we realize that it makes it so much easier to you know just shoulder the burden with the entire team as opposed to shouldering yes, yourself correct yeah because shouldering ourselves uh a bit hard yeah. really a bit hard it's because hard, you yeah. think in all the information there's no use because you don't have a solution yeah. but as a team right like you have eight members, <laughs> there's seven more brains helping you to think how to solve that problem. Correct. Yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. And that's actually um, one of the one of the key things I think I learned like running my own startup now. Because, mm. yeah, it, it was, there was a lot of sharing here and there um, in the different startups that I was with before. But at the same time, I never really realized it because I was always on the side where I was like, okay, uh, you got this problem. Okay, let me try and help you solve it. Mm. I never really saw it from their point of view. And now that I'm doing it, I'm starting to realize, yeah, mm. you know, you kind of need that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We def- de- definitely need that. Yeah. Mm. Okay, yeah. so... Are, um, are we, we talking about... Yeah, we still have some time, actually. Yeah, okay, so uh, we have to talk about, like, how do you do your first hires? Because leading into this, right, your mm. first team is really important. Um, and sometimes, like, waiting for the right person to join your team is something that um, you feel like you can't do because you need to get your product out the door. You need to, uh, you know, do all these things and you can't do it by yourself and mm. you need someone to help you. So sometimes you might compromise on who your first hires are. Mm. Okay. So um, with that in mind, we have to talk about two things. One, um, how do you decide your first hire? And two, what are the alternatives? How do I... F- Decide. Okay, yeah. so if what going back in time when I, if I, uh, so how we do it is interns and part-times usually as the first hire mm-hmm. because the, the lack of budget, right? And right. Uh, the cash issue. Um, but we just have to deal with it with the, I'm not saying interns or part-times are no good, but they, they could be, because they are part-time, so they could have a little lack of focus and interns they might not have enough experience the product that you have in mind that they help you to build together uh, might not be the most optimum one 
at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Correct. Oh, but then it's so, an MVP also. Okay, so if money wasn't a constraint, say you could give enough equity and cash to get the person that you want, uh-huh. or the person believes enough in your idea to come join you as a first hire, right? Uh-huh. What are the key things that you look out for um, in your ideal first hire? Okay, so I would say interest in mm-hmm. building that particular product. Uh, ex- okay, so interest and the the vision that we share together. And lastly, will be the experience. Mm-hmm. I will not put the experience in front. Okay. Because I believe that, hey, if you have interest and you are in line with us, yeah. you will make the effort to learn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think experience, I will put it at the back. Yeah, I think I agree with you. It's just that the last part about experience is something that um, I will actually put one more thing before that. Oh. Um, the willingness to learn. Oh, okay, right. okay. So okay, yeah. to me, actually, the most important thing for um, especially someone who's trying to join a startup, right? Mm. It's going to be rough. Yes. It's going to be the kind of thing where you need to learn, you need to figure out, and you need to be very uh, resilient when it comes to that, even as the first team member, as not a founder. Mm-hmm. So the willingness to learn, the willingness to keep trying and um, keep going, right? That is one of the key things I would look for in a first hire because there's no point finding someone who is... Um, Really good, really experienced, but then we'll leave at the first sign of trouble. Oh, yeah. That's very, very detrimental to us. But team. you wouldn't know whether he would leave or not. Um, yeah, you try and tell as best as you can, like, how committed they are to the thing. You mm. tell them, about, oh, okay, these are the horror stories that you will probably be facing. Uh, are you ready for this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, talk is cheap, in a yeah. way. But at the same time, usually, if you trust a person, um, it is something that uh, will show itself pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, with that in mind, it's it's the kind of thing where uh, as an early-stage startup, you don't have much resources, and until you prove your idea and get a steady revenue stream, right, mm. you are going to have to make sacrifices in terms of remuneration, in terms of like survivability. Mm. Uh, cash flow is a huge issue that if you're not thinking about, you're not doing this right. Mm. So, yeah, those are the kind of things that you need to make very clear for your first hire. Yes, exactly. uh, especially. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those are the things that I would look out for. And with that note, like, um, what are the alternatives? I think you mentioned it earlier. You can look for interns. You can look for part-timers. Uh, part-timers mm. And that's actually very viable. Mm. Um, but you do need a little bit of experience or help in guiding them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Because um, if, especially if you're a non-technical founder and mm. you're trying to do a tech start- startup or you are um, even a technical founder who's trying to get like biz dev interns and mm. people to help you with that, right? If you don't have the right guidance of what to tell them to do, they mm-hmm. are very inexperienced and they are right. going to look to you to yes. give them guidance. And as much as they are willing to learn, um, if you don't have this guidance to give them, you don't have the direction to give them, right? They're more likely to spend like 50% of the time lost. And that's really bad for a startup. Yes, correct. Yeah. It should so, be like wasting resources. Yeah, exactly. So if you're talking about part-timers or interns for development, right, do have a plan for them. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want them to achieve in the time that you're working with them? And if it's part-timers within that month, what do you want to achieve? And be very clear. Don't expect them to uh, kind of go like, hey, I want to build a video platform. Can you do it for me? And they'll be like, um... Yeah, Yeah. they they won't know what questions to ask and because they are not in line with your vision they haven't kind of like been hired on that note Mm. it's very hard for them to solve the problems themselves because to them the longer that you have them working on it the better their pay is going to be right 
So the motivations are completely wrong. You need to be very clear about how to manage this. Yes. And yeah, that's one of the key things that I see a lot of um, other apps fail at, especially local apps that have kind of hired like vendors and part-timers to build their application. They end up getting like this monster of a product that doesn't do what they actually envisioned and mm-hmm. um, because there was no one to guide them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I will do things very differently. Uh, yeah. If I, if, uh, I can go back in time, but yeah, there's la. no time machine. Yeah. yeah but we yeah, can only look forward and uh, like the subsequent hires, we learn from our experience. Yeah, for sure. And ultimately, like you don't think about these things, right? You think about, oh, yeah. I just need a developer. Or I just need a designer. Yeah when, yeah, when we first started, that was the key concern. Is like, oh, I just need this guy that can help us build this. But we don't really look into the passion, interest, and uh, whatever that we talk about. It's exactly. only later that we learn, eh, Actually, this is, this is very important. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I think if we if you talk to any seasoned guy, this yeah. is the first thing they will tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. completely different yeah. thing when we first started, like not knowing anything. Correct, correct. Yeah, that's for the first hire. I okay. think definitely important. This, the willingness to learn is one key element too. Okay, cool. I think uh, that kind of brings us to the end of today's show. We're Brian. quite on time. Yeah, I know. Exactly like half an hour. And we have a good environment, but yeah. we cannot share where. <laughs> it's not NUS anymore. Yes, our sound is not bad. In fact, yeah. actually, it can be a little bit better, but that will be something we improve on next week. Yes. Okay, cool. So, uh, Brian, can you tell us where to find you or to? Oh, yeah. You can find me on Twitter uh, at L-E-E-T-U-C-K-S-I-N-G. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at ANTTYC. I have not been posting, but I will have a new handle and new updates coming pretty oh, you soon. you have a new handle? Oh, uh, okay, yeah, next week. Launching something uh, uh, kind of in line with Launchbyte, but yeah, next week I will talk a little bit more about it. Cool, cool. Okay. All right, cool. Okay. All right, thank you, guys. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.